that should your partner reveal something about themselves, that is an essential that when you're arguing, you never throw that back to them because that is a major breach of trust. That is, um, I once went to a seminar on um, affairs and the speaker said that there were two things worse than the breach that you have when you have an affair. And one of them was when your partner has told you something personal and in an argument you throw it back because why would they ever tell you anything personal again? This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss resolutions for your marriage in 2017. Stay tuned. Do you want to make 2017 the best year yet for your marriage? Subscribe to the Hitch newsletter so you can stay up to date with the latest marriage information and tips from the leading experts. Go to hitchmag.com. There is a gray box on the right-hand side asking for your email address. Click subscribe and you're done. Again, that's hitchedmag.com. You can click the newsletter link to see all the newsletters we offer, or you can fill out your email address in the subscribe box. Click the subscribe button and you're done. Happy New Year. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, You can get more information about Karen at her website, drkarensherman.com. I want to say Happy New Year to everybody. And this week, we are going to talk about um, some marriage resolutions. Um, I think one of the sentiments that I am seeing everywhere is, oh, 2016, I can't wait for it to get over, be over and blah, 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 blah. And I get that. Um, it's been a rough year for a lot of people. Um, and I want to have people reflect on, well, was your marriage as good as it could have been? Um, and even if you thought it was great, what are some things that you can do better next year in 2017? So, Karen, um, what uh, are, are well, I, I guess I'm just going to ask you a couple ideas. Like, just go through. We'll just kind of go through some resolution ideas, um, and I'm just going to kind of start it off and throw out like some a blanket statement of what do you think couples just in general can do better in 2017. I think number one for me would be to make their relationship a priority. Okay. Uh, I think that what happens to most couples is that for a number of reasons, and we can talk about them, but for a number of reasons, uh, we start to take each other for granted. And um, it's it's not atypical. It's not abnormal. Uh, it's, it's just what happens. You know, when a relationship is new, when we're first um, – you know, meeting each other and and getting to know each other, we make sure that the relationship is a priority. And then when we make a commitment to each other, um, you know, we feel safe. 
and we get a little lazy, a little lax, and of course, life gets in the way. So eventually what happens is that we're not paying as much attention to each other as we should be, and that then creates a whole bunch of problems. So to me, the number one resolution should be that you make your relationship a priority. Can I just tell you that um, so over the years, people finding out uh, what I do uh, will ask me what's my number one piece of marriage advice. Mm-hmm. And I have settled on make your marriage a priority as my number one piece of the marriage advice. There you go. Look at that. Because I do believe everything kind of falls into place. Yes. When you prioritize your marriage at the top. Yes. Now, I think for those people who are listening to us for the first time, and I hope they'll be excited and their resolution will also be to listen more to this podcast, um, should know that you and Jess don't have children. And perhaps one of the biggest um, concerns that gets in the way for couples to spend enough time with each other is having children. Uh, We know that marital satisfaction actually decreases during the child rearing years because you have to pay attention to your children. And, you know, there's lots to do with taking care of children. The more children you have, the more that you have to uh, put out more energy and time and money and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, I'm not faulting you for it. It's a choice. Um, I'm just saying that that is one thing that you and Jess do not have, which does make it a little easier for the two of you to have more time with each other, which is fabulous. I Well, I, I agree with all of that. Um, and, and the research shows that Uh, couples with children have higher highs and lower lows. Yes. Um, But I would also add to that that we know that when the couple is happily married, and I think that's a key distinction, Mm -hmm. happily Mm -hmm. married, that their kids are better off across the board and pretty much any statistic you want to throw at it. So so I, I hold firmly to my position that kids has nothing to do with it. If you have kids, I would argue it's even more important to prioritize your marriage because you will not only be a role model for them, but they will be better off because of that. Oh, 100%. No disagreement there. I'm just saying that it is more difficult because there's just so much time and energy that you have and you start to spread yourself thin. But I want to – actually, this is a good conversation because I want to d- make a distinction here between prioritizing and, and being actionable about it mm. because um, my wife and I, even though we don't have kids, we both run our own businesses mm-hmm. and we are – as a matter of fact, she didn't finish her her uh, her stuff last night until 1130 at night. Mm. So while we don't have kids, that doesn't mean we're hanging out on the couch That's true. at five yeah. o'clock, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the but the distinction I want to make about prioritizing is that still doesn't mean that she she comes first for me. Mm-hmm. And as long as she is top of mind. I think that's what's important because when I, you start yes. when you start prioritizing, that means you're taking that person into consideration when you're doing things and when you're making decisions. And even if we're not spending a lot of time together or we're not going out on a date night this weekend or whatever it may be, 
as long as she is my priority, everything else falls in line. I agree with you. I agree with you. And if I could get more people to think like that, I would have much less work to do. I agree with you 100%. Well, we don't want to put you out of a job. No, no. I'd like to be out of a job. Me too. Me too. too. I can write about all sorts of things. Uh, But we do this out of necessity. And we want want the world – I honestly, truly, in my heart believe that this world would be a better place if it was filled with happy, satisfied, fulfilled marriages. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Okay. So what's okay? So prioritize your marriage. First thing on the New Year's resolution bucket list here. What? Give okay. me. Give me something else. Okay. The next thing I would say is if couples would start to feel more comfortable, and I know this is going to sound strange, but sharing their true emotions with each other. Now, that may sound strange because you think, well, you're married. Of course, you're sharing your emotions. But you'd be surprised how many people, number one, don't necessarily think that sharing emotions should be part of or necessarily part of your relationship. And the second part is that if they do think that, they don't really know what sharing emotions means, or at least not in a meaningful way. So it might be that you know, they say, well, sure, I, I tell my mate how I feel. I tell him that I'm really angry at you, that you didn't take out the garbage. Or, you know, I, I'm really upset with you that you forgot my birthday. But what I'm talking about is the ability to be vulnerable and to open up about your own feelings because that's not such a safe place, but that is where two people will really gain emotional intimacy. And when you're willing to be open about your own feelings, the other person is far more likely to, number one, be open about their feelings, but also be available to you. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, they'll they'll, um, have a better understanding of where you're coming from Mm -hmm. if you share your emotions. Yes. Yes. I love I love that, and, and I think you're I think you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, I know I've held back some of my feelings at certain points because mm-hmm. you know it was like. Um, I guess a follow up question to that is, how do you know when are the? How do you know when it's appropriate to share your emotions? If it's like if it's for example, if you're frustrated at work constantly. Is that something you should share or is that something where your spouse is going to be like, okay, I get it. That person at your office bothers you. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it like, well, I want to know what's going on in their day so that I understand why they are expressing this frustration when they get home? It's a good question. <laughs> and what I'm going to say is that, you know, it's going to depend on your relationship. If if the, if you're the kind or, or who you are as a person. If you're the kind of person that goes on and on and on and on and now it's interfering with your relationship, then you want to try to put some boundaries on it because if that situation at work is taking up so much time that you no longer have your partner as your priority, then that's not a great thing. Mm -hmm. However, if it is uh, interfering with your relationship because it is so upsetting to you and it is not allowing you to be available to your mate, then you do want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was talking about is 
you know, if you have feelings like um, some fears, um, some uh, areas where you feel stuck or where you feel hesitant, and I'm not suggesting that you, especially if you're the kind of person that's uncomfortable sharing your feelings, that you necessarily rip yourself open and tell everything there is because that's going to be too scary. Sure. But you could certainly start with a little bit. Uh, for some people, it may be asking for help because a lot of people are afraid to depend on somebody else or ask for help. Um, it may be letting in on a secret of when I do such and such, it makes me uncomfortable or I don't feel um, particularly secure when we go to a party when there's a lot of people. You know, little things, mm-hmm. but, but you reveal yourself. And I think that when you do that and your partner gets some insight, um, then they're, again, more likely to be um, more compassionate and understanding to you and available to uh, being emotionally understanding and working with you on it and also then being willing to be open uh, themselves. So if you started just a little bit and you see that it's safe, Mm -hmm. that the person hasn't made fun of you, hasn't judged you, and of course that's really important. I mean, that has to be part of this, okay? Um, Then you continue it. Now, let me also say, because I I just want to throw this in, that should your partner reveal something about themselves, that is essential that when you're arguing, you never throw that back to them because that is a major breach of trust. That is, um, I once went to a seminar on um, affairs and the speaker said that there were two things worse than the breach that you have when you have an affair. And one of them was when your partner has told you something personal and in an argument you throw it back because why would they ever tell you anything personal again? So you want to do this, you want to open up a little bit, but again, that can never be thrown back at your partner you know, when, uh, when you're in an argument. And I would say that, uh, just to add to that point is when you do open up to your partner, um, that will increase the bonds between the two of you because you are, as opposed to breaching the trust, you're building the trust. Um, okay. So then what else, what else do we have for the new year's resolution? Okay. Um, of course, I think it's really important that you make sure that you have fun with each other. Um, you know, we've spoken about this in the past, um, that it's important that you keep things new, different, novel, and it's important in that genre, so to speak, or in that area, that you have some fun with each other. Because if the relationship is the same old, same old, and um, it's, you know, just serious all the time, it's not going to be something that you want to just keep doing. So it's really important that you have fun together. Mm-hmm. And we know, and you you brought, you mentioned this word, and I want to highlight it. Uh, you said novelty. Yes. And we know through research that novelty, particularly when you're talking about um, John Gottman's research, is one of those pillars that uh, is one of the one of the pillars of a strong marriage. Yes. So, yes. Um, 
I think that's I think that's really important. And and the other uh, the other thing I want to add is if you're not having fun with your spouse, there may come a time when they have fun with somebody else. Yes. Because who doesn't like to have fun at some you know throughout their life? Like right. pl- playing grown up sucks sometimes. <laughs> like you don't. It's like you can only talk about doing the bills and getting the kids here to there so much before it's like I want to do something fun. Right. And so right. you know that's. Presumably, right. you went on dates before you got married, and you probably had a good time. Right. And you may have to think back to what did you used to do that you liked doing. Yeah, you don't even have to reinvent the wheel, right? Correct. Just, Correct. And, and to that point, reminiscing is another one of those pillars that is Absolutely. one of the strengths of a good marriage. So as a matter of fact, doing something fun, well, then I suppose it wouldn't be novel if you're reminiscing. But uh, well, I suppose it could be novel if you don't usually do those things. All right, now I'm spinning myself into a inception, <laughs> an inception circle here. Um, okay, uh, all right. So we have prioritized um, the marriage. Um, we are opening up about our real emotions. We are having fun. What else should we be doing in 2017? Well, I, I don't really. I should have put this as number one, but to me, prioritizing was number one. Okay, but we know that the couples that are the most masterful in their marriage are the ones that show respect to each other. Hmm. And, you know, you would think that if you've chosen this person to be married to, you would automatically respect them. But again, you know, I think we get lazy. I think we get sloppy. Um, we just sort of start to take our mate for granted. So what does respect look like? Um, at the very least, when your partner expresses their opinion, Um, you don't roll your eyes, you don't make noises, you don't turn around, you know, um, like sort of negating what they're saying. Um, But I think it goes further than that. I think that when your mate is speaking, you listen to them, you don't cut them off. Um, I think that when they express an opinion, uh, you don't minimize it. Um, I remember another seminar I went to where the leader said, what do you think of the three most important words in a relationship? And everybody, of course, thought it was, I love you. And they said, no, it's maybe you're right. (laughs) And, you know, I used it the other day. I don't even remember what it was my husband and I were talking about. And I said to him, yeah, you know, maybe you're right. And the difference in his posturing was really amazing. And we just moved along the subject much more easily than we would have, I think, if I hadn't said that. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, a few sentences later, he said, well, you know, maybe you're right also about this. And, and it was just a much lovelier conversation than I think we would have had if we hadn't used those three little words. So they're indicative to your partner that, you know, you're a person with your own thoughts and I respect them. So I think showing respect is extremely important and it's a matter of being mindful. So now I'm going to be cliche-ish again. Well, I, I want to I wanna add really quick if I can yeah. interject. Sure. I think the important aspect of what you're talking about is showing respect because I, um, people will say that they respect their spouse. Right. But you have to show and demonstrate that respect. Correct. And that's the difference. Because I know people um, who I have come in contact with who do respect their spouse, but you would never know it by how they act. Correct. So Correct. That's, I wanted to throw that out there. Yes, I think that's a very good point. 
you know, and it's much more in the action than what you say. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, the other thing, if I can remember, because I'm having a senior moment, which I guess I can admit to since you tell people that I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. The cliche-ish moment um, is, you know, when they tell you or they tell us that you should treat your friends more like family, meaning make them feel comfortable, and treat your family more like friends, meaning that we should, again, be a little bit more respectful, a little bit more, you know, not taking them for granted. And I think that's applicable here when it comes to the idea of respect. You know, would you talk to your boss that way? Would you talk to somebody on your team that way? So, you know, be a little bit more mindful when you're with your mate. Okay. Um, I, by the way, I'm totally going to use the maybe you're right thing. Yeah, it's I good. love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, give me, give me another one, please. You want more, huh? I, one, one more, if you can one muster more. it up. One more. Okay. I think obviously learning to communicate better and. You know, I, I one of the things that I've used with my couples to help them is if you're aware, communication goes both ways. There can be a miscommunication, not only from the person who's receiving the message, but also the person who's sending the message. Okay, so I want to say a couple things here. It's very advantageous when you're saying something and your partner doesn't hasn't gotten it rather than say to them you know you're not hearing me or you didn't get it which puts them down not respectful it's really judgmental it's going to make them feel lousy if instead you say you know maybe i didn't explain it properly or let me try it let me try to say it a different way so this is um, this is really putting it on you as the person delivering the information as opposed yeah. to the person receiving it. Yeah, because it's quite possible that you didn't deliver it properly. Well, which also allows them to l- tune in better because if you blame them for not Correct. hearing it, they then immediately jump exactly. to, well, you didn't tell me or you know they start coming up with right. a defense mechanism as opposed right. to, oh, what is it that you had to say? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. But the point is, if you see that your partner isn't understanding something, then don't keep saying it the same way. (laughs) No, that sounds obvious, but you're so right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and another thing to do is to say, you know, what, you know, I'm not sure that I I got my point across. What did you hear me say just now? Mm. Because you'd be surprised that people think that they've understood what their mate has said and they go along with that assumption that they got it right and they didn't. And there's so much miscommunication. So many times when I'm working with couples, what I'm basically undoing is unraveling the miscommunication. You know, I'm sort of like going back to the scene of the accident and trying to figure out who misunderstood whom and what was said and what was meant and you know, blah, blah, blah. So it can really be resolved at the beginning of all this mess if you just say, you know, I'm not sure I explained that properly. Mm -hmm. So what did you hear me say? Because this is really an important thing. Or I just want to make sure that that we're on the same page with this. I think it's interesting 
uh, several of these uh, resolutions that we've gone through um, from respect uh, to the communication and, and all that other stuff all of it is um, it's the antithesis of confrontational I guess is what I'm getting at mm. it's rather than so again when we're talking about showing respect it's it's showing respect by doing right. things for your spouse when we're talking about communicating better it's maybe I'm not doing this right and when you talked about the respect thing it's maybe you're right mm-hmm. right so it's all it's I guess the the proper word would be the the antonym would be um um more inclusive as opposed to confrontational. Yes. And and if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I always have to put it on me or I have to do the work, in the long run, you're really doing this for you. Because if you can get the ball rolling in a positive direction, then you're going to also be the recipient of positive consequences. Yeah, and and I think the other thing about to add to that is, would you rather spend your time fighting with them to be right, right, right. <laughs> or right. happy, right? You know, correct. correct. Um, I wanted to add to this communication thing, uh, and this is from some personal experience. One of the things that I have noticed, and this is through all this new modern uh, tech that we got going on, tablets, smartphones, etc is a lot of times I will try to communicate with my spouse or she will try to communicate with me and I'm engaged in my device. Mm. And I think that I'm listening or she thinks that she's listening and really it's like half an ear listening mm-hmm. and you know, you'll know you say something and the other person will like just give you the obligatory yeah, okay. Uh-huh. And then I knew this was a thing when I would do a follow-up or she would do a follow-up and say, what did I say? Mm-hmm. And just ask it to be repeated to, to what you had said earlier. And we could not do that. We could not repeat it back, which is how we knew that the communication hadn't actually sunk in. Yeah, I have a, I, I have a difficult time with that with my husband because he has the ability to actually repeat it back <laughs> but doesn't have any idea what he said. So what we do is when we don't think the other person's listening, uh-huh. we'll say... So then there were monkeys flying out of my ass <laughs> because we figured that that'll get a reaction, you know, yeah. and that's our little signal to each other of, I don't think you're really listening to what I'm saying. Yeah. But there's a difference between hearing and listening. Mm-hmm. Hearing is bio, I think it's hearing is biological and listening is that you're really, you know, processing it. Yeah. So a lot of people can hear and yeah. literally as my husband can repeat it back to you yeah but not process it and take it in and know what what you've actually said yeah so he he's like a stenographer just repeating it and he'd be like and then you said the monkeys flatter your butt and then none of it registers right (laughs) (laughs) well sometimes what we will do is we will just say um oh you know i don't could you put the put put the device down for like this and i think part of it is um establishing the expectation about how long it's going to take helps that I mm-hmm. found like 30 seconds. Give me 30 mm-hmm. seconds here. I need to know what you need from the grocery store. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay, well, I need this, this, and this. Boom. Okay, I'm gone. I'm out the door. And I think when you do that, it helps. 
Yes, it does. The other thing that you can do is if you see that one of you, let's say, is watching TV and you're really involved, I think that you have to respect that your needs don't always come first. Mm. So you don't have to like run in at that moment and have your question answered. You know, or if there's something that's really, really important to you, you can say, I have something that I really need to talk about with you. When would be a good time? Honestly, that sounds like, okay, so from my, um, I don't know, I don't know how to properly phrase this, but from my ear, that sounds slightly corny of, you know, whenever you have time, I'd love to discuss. I have done that on many occasions and it, it works amazingly well. Like it sounds like one of those things that you would read in some book. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh yeah, that sounds awesome, but nobody ever does that. I swear to you that I have done it on multiple occasions, as it has my spouse. Also, it works. It works so good because yeah. it is like to your point, like the thing that you have to tell them is not the most important thing at that moment. Right. And they're, you know, like I said, her and I both have a business to run. And we are doing things. We are working on getting an email out, let's say, and we're in the flow of thought. And as I so many times interrupt you in the middle of your thoughts, and then you have to like work to get it back. Right. Um, you know, sometimes I need to just shut up and let you say yes. what you need to say. Um, and, you know, and then I could add it later. And just by putting it out there, it's so powerful. And it's such a good tool to pull out of the toolbox. Yes. Yes. So, so there's lots of lots of tools that can be used. You just have to be mindful of them. Be <laughs> mindful of them. So I'm going to go through them one last time to give people a quick recap. We have four year 2017 New Year's resolution, um, and if you catch this three years after that, these are probably still apply. Make your marriage a priority. Uh, communicate and share your real emotions. Uh, Make sure that you have fun together. Find something novel to do. Show respect to each other. Don't just say that you respect your spouse and then roll your eyes. Show them. Um, And then communicate better. You got it. There it is. So I hope this was helpful for everybody. If you have more things that you would like to add to this list, go ahead and uh, tweet at us or, or send us a message or post something on our Facebook page. To, to let everybody else know how you are improving your marriage in the new year. So um, with that, we will wrap things up. So thank you so much for your time, Karen. It is always a pleasure. It is, Stephen. Thank you. Uh, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can uh, get this information at our website, hitchedmag.com. We have a bookstore where you can buy her books. If you don't already buy them on Amazon or go to Karen's website and get them there. You can follow us, as I mentioned, on the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. We are on all of them. Um, and uh, we have a wine club that you should check out. We got a newsletter you should, should subscribe to um, where we continue to deliver these tips and information on an ongoing basis because I really do think that's what helps, making this stuff top of mind. So uh, hopefully you guys ha- are off to a great new year and until next time. So thank you so much, Karen. 
Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody.